It's been said that one of the tragedies of modern Christianity is that, um, is that prayer, although prayer is open to everyone, it is consistently practiced by only a few. What I mean by that is, you know, um, a new convert, a, a child, someone who has no official role in the church can practice prayer just as much as pastor, as the Pope. And yet, prayer is something we talk a lot about, but we don't practice it nearly as much. And And even now, I know because I've felt this way, as you think, oh, wait, this is a sermon on prayer. I've heard that a lot. I've heard a lot of sermons on prayer. I, used to, I, I feel that way too. But until our practice matches our words, I think we need more sermons on prayer. <laughs> and, and as I've grown as a Christian, you know, I used to like, yeah, tell me what to do, you know, type A, kind of problem solve, let's, let's do this kind of thing. As I've gotten older and grown in the faith, now I seek more and more opportunities to pray. Um, and the reason is that to make progress in our faith, one needs to make progress in prayer. They go together. So if you're going to make progress in your growth as a Christian, you're going to make progress in prayer. They, they go together, like a horse and carriage, like love and marriage and all that, all those other things, right? They just, they, prayer and spiritual growth, they go together. And so, I mean, do you want that? Do you want a growing faith where, where when the difficult things of life, and, and our world is, is falling apart, right? There's so many difficult things happening. And, and you know the whole situation in Ukraine, it's been really weighing on me. Um, but there's many of you here that's been weighing on you, but, but also uh, your own health problems, uh, uh, different burdens that you've been carrying. And don't you want to be able to process those things and progress in your faith where, yes, you still have burdens. Yes, things are still difficult. But you come to a place of peace and confidence in God no matter what the circumstances are. I mean, don't you want to get to that place? I know I do. Well, in Habakkuk, he gets to that place. That the, this, notice the progress he's made. So we've gone through the book of Habakkuk. We're in this sermon series. We're actually on the last chapter, chapter 3. And we see Habakkuk goes from this place of crying out to God in confusion and, and not, not understanding what's going on, suffering and doubt, to a peaceful confidence in God, even though the circumstances don't change. Because notice that when Habakkuk is done, the Babylonians are still coming. There's st- still going to be suffering. But yet, he's at a new place. But notice that all of that questioning, all of that struggling, that was prayer. I mean, what he was doing when he was crying out to God, that was prayer. 
We often like to categorize things. We like to put, um, you know, we have a preconceived notion of this is what prayer is, this, you know, and, and so if it doesn't fit in that, well, then I don't know. But in, in the Bible, anytime we cry out to God, anytime we want to orient ourselves and align ourselves with God, that's prayer. And in Habakkuk, we saw he took his doubts, he took his, the confusion, and he lifted it up to God. And in that process, God brought him to a new place, and he can do that for us as well. So let's look. Um, we're actually, you're going to be like, wow, Pastor Joe, I can't believe it. He's only covering two verses today. I know it, it pains me. But what I wanted to do is we're just going to cover the beginning of chapter 3 of Habakkuk. The whole chapter goes together, and I'll refer to it, but I wanted to make sure we spent some time in it, spent a couple weeks in it. So let's look at Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. Um, so a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, according to Shigionoth. O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Now, all of chapter 3 is Habakkuk's final prayer. It's Habakkuk's final response to all of the interactions that were occurring between him and God in the first two chapters. And this, it's actually a psalm. Now, you might think, well, I thought it was a prayer because it says a prayer of Habakkuk. Well, again, the, the Hebrews, they didn't make this distinction. They're like, is it, if you were to ask them, is this a psalm or is this a prayer? They would say, yes. <laughs> it's both. They don't, anytime that you're lifting up your, 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 your eyes and you're connecting with God, like that's a prayer. That also can be a song. So they didn't really distinguish like we do. And, and we say it's a psalm, even though it says prayer, because it has a couple of um, psalmic elements. Uh, what I mean by that is that there's an introduction, and there's this concluding note that make it clear. This is a psalm, that Habakkuk's final response to God is this psalm, this prayer of praise and coming to this place of peace of what God has done in his life. So there's that introductory note that says, this is a prayer according to Shigionoth. Now, I have no idea what that means. All right. And no, no schol scholars don't know what it means either. They, uh, because it's a very um, unique Hebrew word. It occurs in Psalm chapter 7. Some think that it refers to some sort of musical lament or something, but they really don't know because they only see this word in a couple places. But it might be a musical term. I actually think it's probably a new dance move. I mean, so that, so, you know, do this psalm according to Shigi Onoth. You know, do the, you know, get Shigi with it. You know, like, I, I think, I mean, since they don't know what it means, I think that I'll just supply my own. Um, but it also has a concluding note. So in the end of chapter 3, in verse 19, it says, to the choir master with stringed instruments. So again, this is meant to be sung. This is a prayer and a praise, this whole chapter 3. Is this a psalm of prayer and praise? And it says, to the choir master with stringed instruments. So thank you, Annalise. We, were almost, we would have been out of compliance if, if Annalise wasn't on a stringed instrument, right? <laughs> 
Well, it's, it, it's funny that when we look in the Psalms and stuff, it says things like, oh, with stringed instruments, but I've never had anyone, anyone who ever complained about music has never said, you know what, look, we don't have a stringed instrument, or we don't have cymbals. See, we're supposed to have cymbals. Um, but I digress. Uh, but this place, this Psalm, Psalm 3, it, it's, it, he's come to this place of growth in his faith where that growth is achieved and expressed with prayer. So it's so appropriate that that last chapter, the whole thing is a prayer because it's a new place. But that journey has come. That progress has been made in prayer. You can't separate it. So let's pause. Let's review where we've been. So Habakkuk, and if you haven't been in the Simran series, Habakkuk, he's a prophet writing around 590 B.C. And what happens is that he sees injustice. He sees that his own people, the Israelites, are not following God according to the covenant. And so he cries out to God and he says, God, you know, there's so much injustice. God, why are you allowing your people to, to, to do this? And, so, and he's asking God to intervene. And then, so that's a prayer. And it's a sort of a complaint prayer. God, I don't understand. But he sees things are not right. And God actually, he, he answers him. He, God says, okay, I'm going to do something about your prayer. I'm going to answer your prayer. I'm raising up the Babylonians. And they will get rid of all of the, the unjust Israelites. And Habakkuk, he says, say what? I mean, the Babylonians are worse. The Babylonians, they're even more unjust and they're violent. And so he now is even more upset, even more confused. Have you ever been there? Where you, where you pray to God and things actually seem to be worse? Well, that's how Habakkuk was. But instead of being like, okay, I guess prayer doesn't work and, you know, and, and running away from God, he presses into God even more. He says, all right, God, this makes even less sense. And so he prays and, and complains to God. But that difficult interaction, like that's prayer. And, and God, he reveals to, um, to Habakkuk that, okay, the Babylonians don't think just because I'm using them that they also won't be judged. They will stand before me. And last week we talked about all the woes that are going to come upon the Babylonians, that, that God does have a plan, that even though he can't see it, Habakkuk can't see it, that God is at work. And the Babylonians will be judged, and God's plan will make progress, and that he will restore his people, but it's going to be a long ways. It's going to take some time. And in the meantime, Habakkuk can live by faith, that he, if he knows who God is, if he understands that God is working and has a plan, then Habakkuk can live by that faith. And in chapter 3, Habakkuk is acknowledging, yes, Lord, I'm going to live by faith. And that, that growth, that same growth process that Habakkuk experienced, it can be alive in us. And as we look at chapter 3 of Habakkuk, it is a psalm of prayer. It is a psalm of praise. But it's not a psalm of thanks that, oh, God, thank you. I understand it all now. Like, like you've made it clear, so now all my questions are answered. It's not a, it's not a thank you prayer for that. It's rather, God... I am now in line with who you are, and I'm in line with your plan. Still don't necessarily understand that how it all works, 
And now I'm in that place. I'm now in that place of peace and faith. And I say that because look at verse 2. He says, O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. Now, the Bible talks a lot about the fear of the Lord. And fear is really reverence. Um, But it, it, it connects to that emotion we have, fear. When, when we have fear, usually it's something is coming up and it deserves all of our attention because it's so important. It's, it's so dangerous, right? That we feel fear. Well, likewise, God is the utmost. He is the most important. And, and so it's not fear of, ah, I want to run away from God, but rather, no, this God He requires my attention. He requires to be lifted up. He's the most important thing. So fear of the Lord is really that utmost respect and reverence of the Lord. And here, Habakkuk, he has rightly ordered his mind to fear God. And he has the right perspective. And so he says, I've heard the report, and Lord, do you do I fear? And with that right ordering of, of God, of who God is, and that he is still working in the midst of a world falling apart, now Habakkuk also is able to pray what we prayed, or though did we pray it, or did we just say it, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because he says, uses different words. He says, in the midst of the years, revive it. Revive your work. In the midst of the years, make your work known. That's just another way of saying, your will be done, Lord. So this report that, that Habakkuk has received, this, this vision about Israel and the Babylonians, even though it involves suffering, Habakkuk's faith has grown in God to, to be able to say, God, I know that this is a path through suffering. I know your plan is, is happening. Uh, Lord, your will be done. I, I actually want your will to be done. And there's still that prayer of mercy, though, Lord, and wrath, remember mercy. And that sometimes, especially when we're praying and we're resolved, all right, God, I know that the path that I'll be taking is going to go through pain, that there will be suffering, uh, even though you're using it. Sometimes we just don't know how to pray because we understand, Lord, I don't want suffering. I don't even, I don't know how it all works, Lord. And so we just pray, Lord, have mercy. Sometimes the most heartfelt and deep prayer is just, Lord, your will be done, have mercy. When we don't know what to pray, we can just say, Lord, your will be done, have mercy. That's basically where Habakkuk gets to. But it's not a place of despondency in saying that. It's a place of peace and confidence. God, your will be done, Lord, have mercy. Now, just in case you might be saying, uh, Pastor Joe, you could, that's a lot that you get out of those two verses. Well, it's because I read the whole context, right? Um, I read the whole chapter 3, and you should too. And, and that's where you can get this idea of, wait, are you sure that's what Habakkuk is thinking? And uh, Chrissy actually read the, these verses already in verse 17. We jump to the end of the psalm, and this is what he says. This, this is what tells us, yeah, this is what he's talking about. Verse 17, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. 
See that coming to that place of God, no matter what bad stuff is happening, no matter what difficulties are going on, I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll take joy in the God of my salvation. So Habakkuk, he's progressed in his faith to that peace and that trust, even in hardship. And so the application, I mean, is it possible to get to that place where despite the world falling apart, can we get there? where we have a confidence that allows us to grow in faith and in intimacy with God as we process through the difficulties. Well, it is, but sometimes we don't get there because we're actually trying to get somewhere else. Um, In other words, what are we looking for? If we want all of our why questions answered on this side of heaven, we're not going to find that. Yes, God will reveal many things to us, and and yes, we can grow in the knowledge of the Lord, and he reveals his mysteries, but there'll always be certain things in life. There'll always be a why on this side of heaven. There'll always be things that we we just don't, we don't get it. We don't understand. And so if in your mind that, oh, I need to get to this place where I have no more questions, that's not where God's going to bring you on, on this side of heaven. That's not the goal. The goal is intimacy with God. The goal is trust and faith. Or if you think that the place to get is where God does away with all injustice on this side of heaven, all sin, that all bad things, things that you think are bad are done away with. Again, that's not going to happen on this side of heaven. That's not going to happen until Jesus returns. But what Habakkuk shows us is that when we press into God, when, in, in, when we're confused, when our world is falling apart, we can experience him, him in such a way that we can have a growing faith. We can have a confidence in the trials of life so much that we can praise him in the storms, that we can praise him when our world is falling apart. But progress in faith goes hand in hand with progress in prayer. You know, we... We talk a lot about, uh, here at Second Baptist Church, we talk a lot about taking a step towards Jesus. That's one of our goals. Every time we gather together, that we want folks to take a step towards Jesus. Well, one of the ways that you know you can take a step towards Jesus is prayer, right? We make take that step in prayer. Also, our theme is connect with God. 2022, we want to connect, year of connection, connecting to God, connecting to one another, connecting to our community. Well, prayer is connecting with God. So we're not going to make any advancements. We're not going to take a step towards Jesus without prayer. We're not going to take a step towards connecting with God without prayer. It, it just goes together, but not just talking about it, actually doing it. And, and prayer does not only bring us intimacy with God. It not only aligns us with who God is, it also aligns us with his plans. So Habakkuk, he... He saw the world around him. He saw things, and they're like, man, I don't understand. And, but by the end of, of the book of Habakkuk, he goes from being an observer to what God is doing. He sees, all right, God, I, I see things happening. I see you're working, but I don't get it. He goes from being an observer, a spectator, to a participant, to a participant in what God is doing. See, when we pray, 
God brings us into what he's doing. We actually get to participate in his plan. Because when God is doing something on the earth, he involves his people. And when we pray, what we're doing is we're going from being observers to participants. We're coming up alongside God and asking, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to get in line with what you're doing. So Habakkuk, he starts with observing, and and yeah, he starts praying, and by the end of his prayer, God says, yeah, uh, Habakkuk, I'm going to involve you in what I'm doing. Yeah, you still won't know the whole plan, but I'm going to use you. In fact, I want you to write down this vision, and that vision is going to constitute the the promises that will guide my people and that will be used for centuries and centuries to come to cause people to want to live by faith. So here's the thing, is that God wants to include us in what he's doing. And yes, God's going to advance his plan with or without us, whether we pray or not, but how God administers that plan and our involvement in it, that's greatly affected by prayer. That is greatly affected by prayer. And sometimes our thinking about prayer can get derailed because we want to, we want to know the cause and effect chain. We want to be like, all right, God, if I pray A, will then B happen? But our goal of prayer, it's not a transaction. It's not a, to, to figure out the cause and effect chain. Really, it is synchronizing our minds with the Spirit. Really, prayer is like, God, I want to be in line with who you are and what you're doing. And when we pray, we're coming up alongside. We're following along with God. And we're getting in line with what he's doing. So think about prayer as getting in line with God, synchronizing. And the thing is, is that... Um, We have the Spirit of God. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus cleansed you from the inside out through his blood so that now God could dwell in you if you place your faith in Jesus. So you have the Spirit of God. And 2 Corinthians says that who knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God? But you have the Spirit of God. Meaning that when we are praying, what we're doing is we're getting in sync with his Spirit so that We're involved in what he's doing. And so prayer is participation in what God is doing. Sometimes we don't think about that. But you know, when we do get to heaven and we start to see how God has worked and the things he's done, we're going to see that our prayers were just as much a part of what God was doing as, you know, um, the physical acts that, that we do of, of handing people somebody a loaf of bread, of preaching the gospel, of doing what I'm doing now. That prayer was just as much a part of that. Prayer was participation. And we're going to see that clearly. Which is also why, you know, people who study revivals, the history of revivals, they always note that when, when revivals spring up, like the Great Awakenings and all of that, they note that prayer always precedes or goes along with revival. Like, that it's, it's unmistakable. That when you look at the first great awakening, the second great awakening, or awakenings in other places, that all of a sudden people just started praying. Now, we might think, well, okay, so did the prayer cause the revival, or did the revival cause... The, it doesn't, like, 
Let's stop thinking cause and effect, right? It just happens. It goes together. Just like when we are praying, we are coming alongside God. And, and God is allowing us to participate in what he's doing. But that process of being brought into what God is doing, it's, it happens through prayer. And it can happen through lament prayer. Right? Lamenting, well, we talked about this. Actually, Habakkuk is really one just big lament. And we don't understand lament prayer in our culture, but it's really biblical. And that is when bad things are happening, when things you don't understand happen, you just take your confusion, you take it all, and you bring it to God. And you say, God, I don't get it, but I want to be in line with what you're doing. Especially when what God's doing doesn't seem to line up. Who you know about or what you know about God, it doesn't seem to line up with what's happening in your world. You go to God and lament. There's a whole book called Lamentations in the Bible. So I think it's pretty biblical. But yet we don't do it. See, we want results. We want a transactional form of prayer where, all right, I put in my prayer, and then it's like a vending machine, God puts out a product. But that's not what prayer is about. It's about, no, it's a relationship builder where you're getting in line with God. And especially when your world doesn't seem to line up, that makes it even more important to line up with God. And we line up with God in prayer. So what if we saw prayer like that? That getting in line with the mind and work of God so that we can actually participate in what he's doing. Where we can say, God, I don't know what's going on, but I want to be near you and I want to be a part of what you're doing. As an illustration, um, when uh, my son Isaiah was little, uh, he was, when he was a toddler, he liked to play outside, but he couldn't go. Um, when I was mowing the lawn, like he couldn't go outside because when I'm mowing the lawn, I'm, you know, things are flying and all that stuff. He didn't quite understand, like, all right, I, I want to be outside. This is uncomfortable. My dad's outside. I want to be outside with him, but they won't let me go outside. And so, um, as an illustration of, he, he didn't want to just observe. He wanted to participate. He wanted to be near me. And so, I think I have a picture of that. Yeah, there is. There's. <laughs> and so, I would mow the lawn with Isaiah on my knee. Because he wanted to participate in what I was doing. He wanted to be near what I was doing. And that's an illustration of what prayer does for us, right? Is that, God, I don't quite understand what's going on but I want to be near you, and I want to be part of what you're doing. And, you know, some would say, well, did, did he actually help? Did he help you mow the lawn? Did he really participate? Did he, did he, like, help you mow the lawn? Or, you know, didn't that make it harder? Well, as a father, that question's absolutely irrelevant. It is. It's absolutely irrelevant. All I know is that my son was with me. He was participating with me. And that's just how it, that's how it should be. And so that is an illustration of prayer and God inviting us to participate with him. And so don't just be an observer. 
a spectator, but rather participate in what God's doing. And we do that in prayer. And also what this psalm tells us, Psalm, uh, excuse me, Habakkuk 3, which is a psalm, is that prayer and praise go together. Prayer and songs go together. It's like, it's not one or the other. Is that when we're singing, are, are we, we're orienting ourselves to God. Right? We're aligning ourselves with him. When we pray, that's what we're doing. So that's why they go together. It's not prayer time and song time. It's, no, our songs and our prayers weave together as we want to align with God. And that's, that's why, uh, you know, Sunday nights we have this prayer and praise time. Well, well, why? Because we just need time to say, all right, you know, enough of Pastor Joe. Maybe there's a, a small devotion, but we really just want to align ourselves with God. And, and, you know, we're focusing on Ukraine tonight. And we can get in our minds that, you know, what can we do? What difference would we make? You know, 12, 16 of us get together in South Hadley, Massachusetts, and we're praying. What difference does that make, or what difference would that make in Ukraine? I don't know. I have no idea. But I do know that if God is doing something, I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. Even if... I don't understand until I get to heaven and God reveals things to us and says, you see, you didn't think you were doing anything, but I actually, you were participating in what I was doing. You and those in this country, in this country, and you couldn't see it at the time, but do you see how you were participating in my work? That's what we're going to see. And yes, you know, sometimes people, you you have that, that phrase, oh, you know, when, when bad things happen and you say, all right, oh, I'm going to pray for you, or thoughts and prayers, like, ah, you know, thoughts and prayers aren't enough. Well, thoughts aren't enough because I think all the time and they're pretty worthless. But prayers, you just don't understand the nature of prayer because prayer is, it's really a part, taking part, it's a part of us getting, what's, what's the word here? Um, deployment, right? It's, it's, it's getting ready to be deployed by God. It's in prayer, we're saying, God, sign me up. I'm participating. I'm getting in line with what you're doing. And then, yes, of course, that's why often it leads to something else. It might lead to giving. It might lead to God answering, you know, what's next in a, in a way that you didn't expect. You know, which reminds me for, for giving, right? So you might be praying for Ukraine as I am. And you might think, well, no, I really feel God wants me to give towards that. Well, in, in our, our church, where if you write a check out and write Ukraine in the memo, we're, we're sending that money through the American Baptist churches that will go towards refugees and stuff. So, yeah, prayer, it's, it's participating in what God is doing, but it's also helping to get in line with God so that we know what to do next. Not just running around crazy. It's rather, God, I'm in line with you. What's next? For Habakkuk, it meant God saying, all right, you write this down. I want you to write this vision down, and that is going to um, be an encouragement to my people for, many to- for, for years on end. But for you, you might be praying about something, and God actually says, you know what? I want you to keep praying, 
But you, I want to focus on this. And that thing you're praying about, you need to trust me that I'll bring somebody else to take care of it. You see, that's when we participate with God in what he's doing. He always gives us further instructions. Um, So yeah, it's like, Prayers are not enough? No, that's participating in what God is. It's, you can't really participate with what God is doing unless you connect with him, unless you get in line with him, and that's what prayer does. All right, well, I'm past time. So, do you want that? Do you want to, be, to come to this place with, of, of where Habakkuk is, where he's able to process the tragedies of life, the difficulties of life, but still make progress in his faith. Well, progress, it's not made by just hearing about prayer, about knowing about prayer, but by participating in it, about drawing near to God and the hardships of life. It means drawing near to God with your questions, with your doubts, with your weaknesses. You bring it all. You bring all of it to God. You bring you. You're real, and you just go to God, and you sit on his lap and ask to be a part of what he's doing. But if you right now are carrying pain, if you're carrying questions and doubts, bring, like, you can't come to God fully unless those are with you because you're holding on to them. So instead of being like, no, i got to figure out my doubts, i got to figure out my questions first, no, align yourself with God. That's where the progress is made. And so let's do that today. And because your situation, the hurts, the questions, the doubts that you have, those do not define you. God defines you. So go to him, get in line with who he is and his plan for you, and let that be your guide. Let that be your, your foundation um, as you go through this really bizarre and strange world, which sometimes falls apart right from underneath us. Let's pray. Dear God, um, we come before you, and as we sang, we, we're knocking on heaven's door, God. We bring our temptations, our burdens, our hurts, our questions. And God, we just want to align ourselves with you. Speak to us now. Lord, as we sing this final song, we know that you make a way through all of these things. But Lord, so many times you make the way and then we go and make our own way. So Lord, may we cling to you. May we press into you. But most of all, Lord, may we be a people of prayer. Lord, may we not just be hearers of the word, but doers. So even now, Lord, may we pray this song. As we sing this song, Lord, may it be our prayer. And Lord, when we leave this place, may we continue in prayer. Lord, in all things, Lord, stir that in us today and this week. And Lord, really for the rest of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.